Hey y'all, it's your man Uncle Dub. Welcome to another episode of the Sports Wagon Podcast. It is time again for the Wednesday conversation. And this week we're gonna celebrate the beginning of a new NASCAR season. We're gonna recap last season. And you know who is in the house and we're gonna talk about NASCAR. It's your man Drew aka hashtag beer god hashtag nascar guy we're gonna get into it talk about what's new for 2022 learn a lot of stuff about how the season's gonna be a little bit different than past seasons uh we recap 2021 we kind of talk about you know uh the championship run and you know kind of the sort of surprise and who won it and kind of some thoughts on that and of course we're gonna catch up with drew see how he's doing he's doing a lot of cool things and uh, definitely want, to, want everyone to be aware of it. Check him out. All his links are in the show notes. And I hope you enjoy. We'll get to the show right after the music. everybody welcome back to the sports wagon podcast and well it's february it's black history month we got so much going on and hopefully you've been uh locked in and listening to the podcast um but we got something else that's big in february not super bowl super bowl's big but the start of the nascar season and of course if we're gonna talk nascar you know who's in the house my man drew beer god nascar guy and do I have this correct, CEO? Let me let me see if I got this correct. Drew, how you doing? Let's set the record straight. How's everything, sir? Hey, man, you know, uh, I am here as a fan and a NASCAR analyst. Everything <laughs> else doesn't matter. But no, uh, yes, uh, CEO, co-founder, head brewer, et cetera. All right. So that's Libco uh, Liquid Intrusion Brewing Company, Libco for short. Um yeah. So, uh, and every time I log on the IG, you are preaching the beer gospel, and I love it. And you are out here in these streets, man. And I, I tell you, um, all I can say is amen because you are doing you are doing some good work out here, man. Hey, I appreciate that so much, man. You know, um, it's a grind. It's a very big grind trying to get something started off the ground. Um, I'm so proud of it because it's a husband and wife operation. So my wife is co-founder co-owner and co-head brewer as well too and um you know we both are still working our, our, our full-time jobs so it's her doing things logistically i'm doing things you know pr wise and we just meet in the middle when it comes to brewing the beer so uh, if there's a will there's a way exactly exactly and i must say and I, you know it's kind of i had the moment of wait a minute wait for it and i said okay He's doing a great job because as an old married guy, I'm going, okay, he shouted out the wife. He shouted her out loud and clear. My man, good job, sir. I I, I salute you. All right. Sleep in the bed. <laughs> you, you, you ain't go down tonight. <laughs> I love it. Also, DNH, you guys just started, uh, was it season four, correct? Season four, yes, sir. Season four, okay. Um, mm-hmm. If you haven't heard the first episode, please tune in. Fantastic episode. As always, you guys are just uh, doing some good stuff. Uh, talking about Black History Month and uh, beer, no cigar this week. But, yep. you know, like I said, you've been out of the rotation for a while. You got to get back into it. But, hey, look, we're glad look, to have look, you back. A little bit of bit of ring rust. Episode two will not have a cigar as well, but episode three will. So we're, okay. we're back in okay. the game. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, so you know how I do. I got questions. I got And, answers. well... Oh, this page doesn't count. This is the page that counts. But I but I'm gonna start you off with this because I've I've 
this is something that one of the first questions I wrote, I said, this is something that is really um, a, a point of curiosity. How does a NASCAR team spend their off season? Usually with family. So the race actually, I mean, the season pretty much ends about a week or two prior to uh, Thanksgiving. So mm -hmm. they definitely get that. They get Christmas, they get New Year's. And after that, come January, they're probably back at their race teams going over the season, dealing with logistics as far as, <clears throat> excuse me, traveling back and forth to um, to each, each race. Um, and a lot of it, a lot of this offseason wasn't really like that because we have the new next-gen car. So there's a lot of testing that they're doing, going to certain tracks, you know, a um, mile and a half, short tracks, your super speedways, your road courses, just trying to see how this car handles, um, how the tires hold up, and just seeing everything that's going on. I'm pretty sure we're going to get into it because the clash was a very uh, eye-opening experience when it comes to these vehicles. Hmm. So this is the first I'm hearing of this car. So talk to me about the next gen car. Like, how is it? So I'm assuming it's a, 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 I guess, one type of car, but I guess you can put in your different engines. I know they have, you know, your Ford, your Chevys, your Toyotas. So how, how does that car like how does it compare to what's out there now? So um, the actual car is, of course, it's still just as heavy as the older ones are, but they're a little bit more aer aerodynamic. Right. Um, the biggest significant change is two things. One is definitely the um, exhaust. The exhaust is on both sides of the car now. Usually it would be on the side facing the um, facing the fans, so the oh. right side of the car. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why you do the earplugs and all that stuff. Oh. Um, but the biggest change is actually the tires, the rims. There's only one lug nut per rim. Hmm. So um, it's almost going from how a regular you hit the six to five spokes. Now you just hit one big giant lug nut, pull the wheel off, put the wheel back on, hit it back. Right. And they're trying to take a page out of like F1. Hmm. So they've, you know, NASCAR has been really good because way back in the golden era, you know, a pit stop would take about 30 seconds. Then they started getting down to 20. And then now they were averaging about, you know, anywhere between 15 to 13 seconds. Mm -hmm. And I'm amazed to see, you know, at the Daytona 500, what's going to be the average times of these uh, of these pit stops. Because a lot of it goes from hitting the lug nut. And because like a pit stop is kind of like, it's like a dance, right? So like you got the jack man, he jacks it up. You got your, your, your two tire changers. And then you have... Um, they're hitting with the lug nuts. And at the gas same time, man. the gas guys, gas man's doing it. You'll have someone hit the windshield uh, strip to pull it off so that you can get a, a fresh, fresh vision. Mm -hmm. And then uh, someone is in the back. Usually the gas man is adjusting the track bar and the wedge with a wrench in the back windshield. Mm -hmm. And um, they'll run around to the other side. Gas man's still gassing on the other side. They'll jack it up. Same thing. And by the time the uh, tire changes come around, the car is down out down the road so gone um i'm amazed to see how much gas we get in these cars this year i i predict that there's going to be a lot of uh you know people running out of gas on the last last 10 laps th things of that nature because mm -hmm. i don't i don't know how how much gas you can get in the car because usually it takes about two tanks hmm interesting so are hmm. we going to hit these tires and then let the car down and still try to force gas in there? Or are we going to try to do fuel mileage game? And then also, are we just going to hit it with, with one tank? But if there's a caution, we can probably do, do two tanks because we can get a, a fresh four. Hmm. It sounds like they have, they have to really balance out the, um, like you said, the fuel management with just kind of, I guess, playing the numbers game, I guess. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's kind of feels it, it, it's feel. I, I mm -hmm. guess, you know, it's very much feel. That's crazy. But the one lug nut is really blowing my mind. I mean, wow. I mean, imagine if, you know, you go from six to five lug nuts and usually, you know, the race is won or lost on pit row. Exactly. If you hit a bad lug nut, that's that's the race. Now, yeah. will that be, will that still be an issue with this? You know, I guess 
is it fair to say that that one lug nut is potentially foolproof? I don't know. I don't know. Because you could still not get the lug nut on there tight enough. Mm, mm, dang. So it's still very much a, a, a game of time, essentially, right. regardless. Oh, that's right. very interesting. Hmm. Now, 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 what if you're saying foolproof? Yes, because you're hitting one lug, one giant lug nut. But also, who knows? You know, because that's the thing that we have to deal with going, going through this entire season is what are the kinks and the quirks of these cars that NASCAR needs to work out? Because mm-hmm. they haven't had a real life race of these cars. They've had practice, but practice has only been what twenty to twenty five laps, and then they park it, do some adjustments. They have a, a pit stop, but it's not like an in time pit stop. I'm pretty sure they they practiced them, but I haven't seen any data on it. So mm-hmm. I'm very excited. We'll see. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's definitely going to change the game in a lot of ways. So here's the thing. I noticed, I read an article a while back that now practicing and qualifying is back in 2022. So what are your thoughts mm-hmm. on that? I Did I like that practicing and qualifying was, was actually not a thing? Yes. But do I understand why they're bringing it back? Yes. So the first part of me liking that, that, that they weren't doing is because everybody had a fair shot. So if you know, say like uh, someone like um, Michael McDowell, who won the Daytona 500 last year, after he won that race, he automatically qualified for first in the next race. Yes. But if his car isn't hooked up right and it's not uh, a good, he's not turning good laps, he's going to go straight to the back and whoever's actually turning good laps, who's in the back because they wrecked out, you know, they, they have to really work and fight for position to make them. And it, it makes the race more, more entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's an issue of safety, right? You want to have the, the faster vehicle to qualify first. So they're not running people over. And then also they won't be spoiled out of a win, right? Because typically mm-hmm. whoever's turning the fastest lap is probably going to win the race. Right, right, right. Okay. So, um, and practice, should it be back? Yes because of the newer cars. We, we don't know anything. We, mm-hmm. we know diddly squat about how these cars are going to perform, racetrack temperatures, time of the day, thing, things of that nature. Um, and they need as much data as possible because mm-hmm. they haven't been to absolutely every single racetrack with these cars. Mm-hmm. So that kind of leads me to another thought. So in thinking about you know, being successful. I mean, you know, obviously it's about speed. It's about the technology. It's about, you know, everything you do on pit row. It's all comes together. When you look at the different types of races, so you've got your short tracks, you've got your super speedways, and you've got, and I guess they're doing dirt tracks here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, do teams, and you may have talked about this, but I want to kind of make sure I'm on the right track. Do teams typically try to think of if we can win maybe, these super speedways and maybe a couple short tracks that kind of gives us an edge in trying to get the points or is it just we just take it one race at a time um i think for this year you would take it one race at a time of course remember to make it to the playoffs you just got to win one race so if if the i forget the number i think it's the top 12 um if they make it in now if everybody has a win then yes now we're going to base it off points Mm. but if Say if your Kyle Bushes, your um, Denny Hamlins, or your Kevin Harvick win multiple races, then mm-hmm. yes, maybe somebody can sneak in w- without a, without a win based off the points. Mm-hmm. So of course you you want to win a race. You win a race, you're in. And I suspect that with these cars, um, certain teams are going to really excel. Some teams are just going to just fall flat, and mm-hmm. they're not going to know what to do. Some racers, they got so used to the older car, you know, and then once when they change the car, it's harder for, to, for them to adapt to these newer cars. Um, prime example, when they did the, the uh, Cars of Tomorrow, those were the cars with the spoiler, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Gordon was still racing at, at that time, and Jimmy Johnson was still racing at that time. They actually adapted very well to those cars. Tony Stewart was racing. He did not. His number dwindled. <laughs> So, you know, th- those are things like that. So, you know, with these newer cars, you know, like the Clash was considered a short track. One would expect 
a person like Denny Hamlin to really exceed at it, but you know, his car ended up breaking, so he was out of the race. Mm. Um, and there were some people that actually um that stood up, like Eric Eric Sendrick. I I didn't see didn't see him see him coming out of nowhere, and he also races for Richard Richard Childress, which that team hasn't really been as as good as it once was back in the day. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that's how I look at it. Okay. Okay. So let's kind of rewind a little bit here. So again, we want to kind of, we'll talk about this, although I'm sure it will give us some feelings here, but so last season we, you know, uh, Kyle Larson wins the championship. Mm -hmm. Um. So what do you think was the turning point in his season? So my thought is, and you can tell me if I'm right or I'm wrong as an outsider, when he won at Las Vegas, I think that's kind of where it started to kind of go in the right direction for him. What do you think? I tend to agree. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, you when you get that first win underneath your belt, then it's like, all right, I'm already in the playoffs and it's only nothing but but up from here. Also, he's with a great racing team. Hendrick, that number five car, Hendrick, that that just rests so so much on his heart. Like he loves that number. He loves that car. That's why he retired to 88 and brought back the five. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, sometimes there's rumors that owners put more stuff, meaning money, into certain cars versus others. And, you know, Kyle Larson has always been one hell of a driver. I, I will always say that. Uh, mm-hmm. prior to the incident. I was a big, big time supporter, a big time fan. Um, mm-hmm. I just didn't like how he was able to come back to what we call the New England Patriots of NASCAR, right. you know, and pretty much literally get the keys handed to him to win a championship. Gotcha. And um, literally, it was a matter of Rick Hendrick taking a little bit of money out of um, Chase Elliott's car and putting it into, you know, Kyle Larson's car. Now, mm-hmm. Once again, do going into the new season, new cars, do I think it's going to be an equal playing field? Yes. Do I think that Hendrick cars will perform better than anybody else? Theoretically, they should, because once again, they're the New England Patriots of, of NASCAR. But with a brand new car, like what more could they be doing? Like you say, it's an equal playing field, but what mm-hmm. more could they be doing outside of the money? that would make them more, you know, kind of put them at another level. So it could be with, with them going back into the shops and all that stuff, running tests on the cars, um, doing aerodynamic tests and th- things of that nature, seeing what actually performs better at, at, at um, each track. Because like majority of, um, of race teams, they have wind tunnels and stuff like that. So they can see how the car can perform, right? Also, Rick Hendrick supplies engines to a lot of teams. Oh, so with that, he can actually, you know, keep the good stuff from his stuff, still supply engines to, to other teams to get paid. And it don't it is not it may not have the full stuff that it actually needs. Interesting. Because even sorry, oh, good, 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 good. even even if if say if my team is I'm buying my engine from um from Hendrick, so I know I, I got that good horsepower. But I don't have a wind tunnel. I don't have, you know, uh, aerodynamics program. That could be my Achilles tendon as well, too. Mm -hmm. But to that point, don't you think that everyone has kind of figured it out by now? You know what I mean? Okay, I'm buying engines from you, but then I put it, then I test it and do all the stuff. And I go, wait, well, I've got certain performance, but he's giving me the same engine. His engine's like gone, you know? It's it is it's also a matter of the setup, you know, and how the tires are cambered or casted out, um, your track bar, your toe, your wedge, all that stuff. Um, and you know, some some teams have take good notes year to year when it comes to setting up their car. Mm-hmm. Some cars just drastically they just don't perform well, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, the Wood Brothers, for example, Wood Brothers is a his, historic uh, racing team, but they are not known to win all the races, mm-hmm. if any, <laughs> at that. <you> know? <laughs> um, and one would think that, you know, if we have a major multi-billion dollar basketball player and a you know, future Hall of Famer in their race team, you would think that they would be able to, you know, have 
a lot of data going into it because I believe they get their engines from um, from uh, Joe Gibbs as well too. Mm-hmm. Um, you you would think that they would be able to to perform, but actually it doesn't correlate. And then also it's driver to to the steering wheel as well too. It, it's a big domino effect. Mm-hmm. I find that I find that's kind of a bit of a a, a conflict of interest. Um, if I think back to my days watching uh, even like F1 or even uh, uh, IndyCar, they had like low, but Lola chassis, but they would have individual companies making mm-hmm. the engines. So how is it that Hendrick can make engines and sell to everybody, but like you said, keep the good stuff for himself? That seems a little fishy to me. It is. And, you know, it's that, uh, that old good old boy thing, you know, like at, at least at least you're able to eat. And, you know, uh, make, make it to, to, to this playing field because you could have just stayed in, you know, the nationwide series. True. Good point. So it's Good things point. like that. And then also like because um, um, Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s team in the lower tier, um, a lot of his stuff gets manufactured out of um, Hendrick's, uh, Hendrick's camp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And Hendrick supplies engines to Richard Childress. I know Joe Gibbs supplies engines to um, 2311. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, there's some other ones that, and, and a lot of, I think, um, um, Stuart Haas, I think they get their chassis from, from Hendrick. Like, it's, it's weird. Like, it, it's just, it's it's been something like that. It's been grandfathered in, you know, wow. and that's how owners, the owners stay the owners because they, they help each other out. Mm. sounds oddly a lot like the NFL in a weird sort of way, you know, oh, yeah. but oh, that's, yeah. that's the way the world works apparently. Um, so I thought, I think you sort of did this, but, you know, kind of going back to Kyle Larson, I was going to say, kind of give me your, your mo- as honest as you can be appraisal of his championship uh, win. Um, I think that PR wise, he, did the right thing, answered all the right questions, answered the tough questions as well, uh, whenever they arise. But it's all about what you do on the racetrack. And it shows from the team that he came from that he was on his way. And then once when he got to the to the New England Patriots, you know, he was bringing it home and he brought home the championship. And only thing I can say is kudos to him. You know, congratulations. Um Am I a fan of his? No, but he he was running some hell of a races out there. And, right, right, right. You know, I, I gotta I gotta tip my hat to to good talent. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so you mentioned the clash of the Coliseum. Um, I yeah, I saw it and and it took me a minute for my brain to register all this. I'm going, wait, so they they actually raced at the LA Coliseum. That yeah. blew my mind, number one. Um so I didn't see it, but, you know, kind of give me, so how, what, what were your impressions, you know, considering the new cars, the drivers, like what were your impressions, your takeaways kind of thinking ahead to the, the season? So I was, so for me, my biggest thing was like, well, where the hell is pit road? Like, how are they going to fit? <laughs> like, I didn't know anything about it. And I was just kind of skimming. Like I wasn't really diving deep on the clash. Okay. It's going to be in LA. They're doing that Coliseum. They spent, spent a million dollars on this track and okay, this is really cool because NASCAR is trying to reach a different demographic, which is cool. Um, so they're out there and they're doing, and it's a bunch of qualifying and it's kind of a exhibition race. So pretty much whoever wins, you get like two point something million dollars. Everybody else goes home. You suck. Right? Okay. Um, but it was a lot of things to see like how the cars react to short track racing. Um, there was a lot of dive bombing. There was a lot of bump, bumping runs and dive bombing. I'm, I'm sorry, dive bombing. Yeah. So dive bombing is when you're on a short track or not even just when you're on a track and instead of you hitting your braking zone to actually hit the corner, you just roll straight on through. <laughs> ah, okay. Okay. That's what that's called. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, um, a, a good track to see dive bombing would be uh, Auto Club Speedway. Las Vegas is another good one. Um, let's see here. Dover. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily Darlington, because if you, you do that Darlington, you're going into the wall. Um, <laughs> Michigan is, is another good one to, to see a, a bunch of dive bombing, because those racetracks, like the mile and a half or 
two miles, if you will, um, you still have to break at some point into the in, into the corner. But mm-hmm. if you know someone's like you know five seconds ahead of you and you just can't walk them down, just you know tighten up, tighten up your seatbelts and hold on. <laughs> oh my god! And, and and Michigan, that's a beautiful track, though. I, I remember yes. IndyCar yes. would run it there, run there a lot, and that mm-hmm. is uh, what the the Irish Hills of Michigan, beautiful track. Yep. And man, mm-hmm. wow! I mean, wide open racing at its finest in Michigan, without question. Oh yeah, so. Um, it was weird. Auto Club and Michigan are like sister tracks. They mimic each other a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, Auto Club, they haven't been there since COVID because it is in California. Mm-hmm. They're actually going back there this year because Chance State was at the Clash. Mm-hmm. But um, definitely looking forward to, to that race as well. But yeah, the Clash w- was very entertaining. Um, once again, we did see some kinks uh, in the cars. People cars were breaking down and stuff like that. So once again, I, I expect to see that all year long seeing something break something major major malfunction um engines blowing up you know cars were running hot uh i expect to see people running out of gas last five to ten laps like it's going to be a very uh heartbreaking season for a lot of drivers out there so it's going to be like any other season just you're going to see more of it you know tires flying and Mm -hmm. like i said break outside of you know running to the wall um, yeah. you know, uh, trading paint, you know, that's yeah. the usual thing, but usual. more of the yep. same. Okay. Interesting. Wow. So yeah, I had no idea they changed cars. So that, that mm-hmm. right, as we said, that in and of itself is really going to change the dynamic of how all this will, yep. will, will go this season. And, um, well, one more thing. So sure, with, sure, with sure. the breaking down of the vehicles, watch at the super speedways because a lot of, uh, so like Darling, not Daytona and, uh, Talladega. Watch these cars because certain manufacturers, if the first manufacturer car, let's say is Toyota and someone blows their engine, watch about three, three to four more cars uh, of the same manufacturer. They're probably going to blow engines too. So are there any bets out there as to which manufacturer is going to blow first? Hey, you know, I'm a betting man, dude. I'm I'm down for a a good prop bet. Um, If I had to put my money on anything, I would probably say Chevy or Ford. Oh, man, there's going to be a lot of people out there mad about that one. (laughs) Man, yeah, yeah. Um, I would say (sighs) I had a Ford once, but I yeah, I've driven Chevys and Fords. I don't know. I would probably, I would probably say Chevy. Probably say Chevy. I would Chevy. If, if it's Chevy, if it's Chevy, I would probably say Hendrick. I would probably say Hendrick's team will, will blow up first. Oh man, wouldn't yeah. wouldn't wouldn't that be something? It would be something. I I, I would suspect that, and then then probably Childress would, would go behind them. If it's Ford, I'm thinking uh, Penske. Penske will, will blow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Toyota, it'll be 20 through 11. 20 through 11. That's just uh, unfortunate, but that's the way the cookie crumbles. Right, right. <laughs> so now that we've kind of talked about, okay, new cars, um, they're changing, you'll bring qualifying and practice back. So now the drivers. Mm-hmm. So the names, we all know the names. So the top names uh what are you thinking about who's gonna make make the make the biggest impact to start the season um well going to daytona daytona's a crapshoot so whoever wins that is going to be off pure luck and chance right Mm -hmm. um but when we get to auto club and we start getting to las vegas we'll start seeing whose cars is actually running well who's in the top 15 um, best way to say it. Um, for me, a couple drivers have put, put out there. Uh, of course, Chase Elliott and um, Kyle Larson. I will put Martin Truex Jr. out there. Okay. Um, Kevin Harvick, you can't count him out neither, right? Okay. Um, right. He was actually running pretty well at the Clash. Um, long shots, Bubba, I'll put him out there. Um, Austin Dillon. Is going to come to name. He drives okay. the, uh, the the number three car, and um, I don't know why, but a good dark horse for me would be um, 
um, Daniel Suarez. We've talked about him and he has had such a long uh, a history in racing. He was an IndyCar, very experienced driver. And of course, going from, you know, I don't know what the what the harder transition is. We've seen drivers who've driven both at the same time, but I don't know what the harder transition is going from NASCAR to Indy or vice versa. But it seems as if he's done fairly well making transition from IndyCar to NASCAR. Yeah. Um, it is harder to go to NASCAR because if you think of uh, Juan Pablo Montoya and you look at Danica Patrick, um, when they came over, they had problems. These cars are way heavier and they're like tanks to, to get, get around a corner considered to, to open wheel. And it's, it's always been, been harder. They, they do better when they go back to, to where they came from. Mm, that sounds, sure. so, sounds so bad to say. Um, <laughs> Let's see here. Um, some other uh, racers that's out there. Logano's going to be a name. Um, I, I I really want Denny Hamlin to, to win the championship. Like it, it's time, but I don't think he can pull it off. I don't. Mm. I don't think he can. Why not? What what do you, what do you think's holding him back? He has a lot of bad luck. Um, and then from there, just trying to finish it and bring it home. Like there was about a couple, couple years back, one call like four or five years back. He was on tear. Like he was, he was winning like how Kyle Larson was. He was going to get that championship and got to the playoffs and it fell short, you know? Hey, um, so kind of going, uh, to, uh, Bubba Wallace. Mm -hmm. So I gotta, I gotta remind you of this. So I believe. Uh, you said um, if he was going to win a race last year, it was going to be where? Talladega. And you called it because him and uh, Denny Hamlin went one mm -hmm. and two. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I saw that, I was going, you got to be freaking kidding me. It's like, oh, yeah, this man is the Oracle people. <laughs> I, I threw my beer. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was go ahead. But Bubba, I mean, again, is year two with 23, uh, uh, 23, 23, 11. Yeah. Year two with 23, Do we see progression happening? Is it, you know, is, is he going in the right directions? Maybe what I'm trying to say. Um, I think it's going to be stagnant again because of the fact that of the new cars. He did not do well at, at the clash. Like he went like three, three or four laps down. Um, and it was just not good. So I want to see how he actually uh, performs in the vehicles at, at actual racetracks, mile and a half, th things of that nature. Now, do I have him pegged to probably be in the top five at, at the day Daytona 500? Yeah. Do I have mm -hmm. him trying to win another race at Talladega? Yeah, because he is a super speedway specialist. Mm -hmm. um, and the way that he was moving at, at Talladega, like it was so good. Because, you know, a year removed of what happened to him the year prior and all that stuff. Um, it was just poetry in motion. And it was unfortunate, unfortunate that it the race ended due to due to weather. But mm -hmm. it's the nature of the beast. You know, you, you can't do anything about that. But um, it was just good because a year later, after all that turmoil that, that, that he went through. And besides Kyle Busch, he is one of the most hated drivers just because of the incident, you know, mm -hmm. the... Mm -hmm. uh fans that that are from from the old school you know mm -hmm. they they don't adapt well and they really don't like how much of a push nascar has given them mm. well okay so here's the thing we kind of know why to some extent i mean again we we had this long you know in the first first time you're on the show we talked about that diversity push the drive for diversity and now he's the face Mm -hmm. And for good or for bad, he's the face. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, too, um, as you also alluded to, and I think your second appearance, you said that now it feels like he's getting a little overexposed mm -hmm. and partially because, again, he hasn't really lived up to the hype as of mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the thing of NASCAR, right? Like, it's okay to be one of the most popular drivers and not do anything. Dare I say Dale Earnhardt Jr.? What? Okay, right, right, you know okay, I mean? you're right, right, right. Uh -huh. 
<laughs> I mean, no disrespect. No, I, I like Dale Jr. No disrespect, but I like Dale Jr. I really yeah. like him. No, 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 no disrespect whatsoever. Like he is a very popular driver. Um, if his name was anything different, he would have not gotten the push that he got. But on the other aspect, he has done a lot for the sport as an an ambassador. Mm-hmm. So I will give him kudos for that. He does deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, to be the most popular driver for like going on close to 15 years straight, that's that's doing something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but for Bubba, it's it is literally the exact same thing. It's not not like he's living up to the hype, but also there's there's a lot of pressure there. This team is only two years old, mm-hmm. right? So you know, and then from there, the, this year it's a brand new race car, and he has to adapt to that. You know, and it's a lot of technology, a lot of transferring of, of information going back and forth. And it's a lot to compute. So we'll see. Um, or hell, you know, maybe I'm talking all this crap and then I got to eat crow during the uh, mid, mid-season report. And he's winning like five races in a row. <laughs> I mean, I mean again, but, but as you said, the, the, the season, the season's so long, you know, it's, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, you know, you said Daytona's a crapshoot. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. But then, you know, you could in essence say the whole season's a crapshoot if you if you really think about it. Yeah. I mean, you've got um, you know, like I said, you go from short tracks to uh super speedways, they're gonna do some dirt. They'll do are they are they, go, are they doing road course courses this year as well? They are doing work road, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And um, most and I and, and and from the from what I got from you, it feels like that most um, drivers don't like road courses. <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm. You you have road course specialists, which is Chase Elliott. He's one of those. Martin Truex dabbles a little bit because, um, like, let's see, they're going to be at Road America, so they're bringing that one back to to the circuit. Watkins Glen's going to be there. You have let's see here, um, the Circuit of Americas. That one was actually in the, in the lower tier. And I don't see Sonoma. Oh, there's Sonoma. Sonoma's there and, and Washington. So, yeah, so the, the big two road courses is there, and, and they're adding more. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if, yeah, the Charlotte Motor Speedway, Roval's going to be there as well, too. So there are a lot of road courses on, on the circuit now. Um, and like I said, some drivers hate it. Some drivers actually adapt to it, you know, and – uh, you do have some some really good road courses out there, and the fact that they have more on the circuit now, there's more chances to win and actually make it into the playoffs. Yeah, I've watched uh, some NASCAR uh, some NASCAR races at Watkins Glen. I've watched IndyCar. Now. I'm not. I don't know something about that course. I'm not crazy about it's some. I don't know. I don't know if they've done any redesign on it in the last few years, but something about that course I don't like. It's a it's a lot of blind turns in that in that track. Um, in the uh, what is it, the actual chicane? That's where like the majority of the action goes out. And like there's a weird um, I forget the turn number, but there's a weird uh, sharp left turn to immediate swooping right. I mean, yes, swooping sharp, yes. sharp right swooping left. Yes, and it comes down to a round right, and it's. It, it 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 is a weird track, and you can get bored there very easily. Even playing it on a video game, but <laughs> yeah, I, I I think I recall watching it and then go, okay, this isn't exciting. So I yeah. don't know, walk away, come back twenty minutes later. Oh, we're still Same at thing. it. Okay, you yeah. know, yeah, it it does seem like a very dull course. There, there's there's not that many passing zones there. Um, very heavy braking zones. Then from there, um, you know, when it comes to road courses NASCAR, they're not really quick to throw the yellow flag. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. if they throw it, then we got to reset, go around this long road course, <laughs> you right. know, to, to, to get it going. So they're, they're, <laughs> they're, they get a little relaxed when it comes to, to the road courses. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, kind of more with, with Bubba, you know, I, I, I kind of knowing the position that he's in, and knowing what NASCAR is trying to accomplish and they're up against a lot of stuff because you, as you said, there's, you know, the, the new kind of generation of fans and many of them are, you know, Hey, you know, it's a new day. We're trying to, you know, be more inclusive. Um, Meanwhile, you know, the old school fans are still around. And of course, once they go away, their kids and whatever their progeny are still going to be around. So it's still going to be that old school feel, 
mm-hmm. but just getting him, putting him out front to try to change the face of, face of the sport is a lot of pressure. And, and I it feel is. for him on that. I, I agree. You know, and, and I, I think he's taking it with strides. Also, you got to understand Bubba Wallace from um, Alabama. So for him, you know, he's dealt with a lot all his life. Let, let's just call it what it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and being a fan of NASCAR and saying like, Hey, nobody's going to hold me back. This is what I want to do. And he's out there doing it. And he has major sponsorship dollars behind him as well, too. You know, mm-hmm. Jordan Brand, you got Columbia, you got DoorDash, all, all that jazz. Um, I, I, I support him 100 um, percent. I do like how NASCAR is trying to pro- to progress, because usually NASCAR wouldn't step step out into the limelight like that. And they're really trying to do that now. Even at the clash, they had Ice Cube perform at, at the during the uh, mid-race halftime show you know mm-hmm. and there was a lot of flack like I, I follow NASCAR on Facebook and I just I'm just there for the comments <laughs> and you know people were just upset and like some people that were old school was like hey the the country music is getting a little old and I really do like Ice Cube because guess what I was still younger when Ice Cube came out and I used to listen to his music so you know NASCAR is strategically trying to appease the older fans while still attracting the newer fans. So wait, those are country music fans saying that? Yeah. That is wild. Yeah. Dang. Because, you know, because when you were saying, talking about how the setup was of the Coliseum and go, oh, well, you know, they put in LA and I'm thinking, well, I mean, if they wanted to reach a certain demographic, I mean, they could take a race to Inglewood. Just saying, you know, they could, but, but also, for NASCAR, just like them as a business, look at them trying to compete with the NFL. But they're in, in, in California. Right. Englewood. Right. So far. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But but here's the thing, to some extent, and this is going to sound crazy, the NASCAR is doing a slightly better job than the NFL. Yeah. Just Isn't, just a hair, you know, just a hair, you know, like they, they, they're they going, they don't drop the ball too much. Like they drop the ball when it comes to like protecting the drivers as far as on the racetrack, but mm-hmm. they don't drop the ball when it's coming to the, to this um, diversity push. And it's very shocking because they, they really, to me as a consumer of NASCAR, I look at it in the light that um, they, they know that they need to need to progress with society. And they know that they've been in such a unwritten Southern law for since forever. And they mm-hmm. realize that there's an opportunity to get more people and more dollars in the NASCAR because NASCAR is strictly sponsorship dollars. Right. So if you have someone, unfortunately he got in trouble, but you have someone like Alvin Kamara that's actually now given sponsorship dollars to a race team, mm-hmm. who's, you know, a black person, black, black sports figure. You got Michael Jordan as well mm-hmm. too. Coming mm-hmm. in, coming in, Pitbull mm-hmm. as well. You know, mm-hmm. like it's they realize that if they open up, if they open the door, people of different demographics will step through. Mm-hmm. Because I always, I, I say this to you, and I say this to everybody: if you want to become a NASCAR fan, go to a race. Mm-hmm. Just go to a race. That's the only thing you got to do. Go, and you'll see how much fun it is. And even if you're a person of color, you know. There are some sketch moments and stuff like that, but the way that things are going now, it you don't have to have that to worry about, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I really like to see them out in California, you know, trying to be out there a week ahead of uh, of, of the Super Bowl. They even had, you know, dare I say, it, a gangster rapper who, <laughs> who who used to bang with Dr. Dre, you know, right, what I mean? right, right. Petition because I, I told my wife I was like, well, I would think that you know. Maybe, you know, members of the NWA will come out during the Super Bowl halftime show. But if Ice Cube is here, I don't think he's coming out. On right. Super no, Bowl Sunday. no, no, Mm-mm. no, he's so, not. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But like, yes, NASCAR is, is progressing. I like it. Um, it's now time to see other drivers of, of color uh, from the lower tier start moving their way up and mm-hmm. making it to to the uh, to the Cup Series. And I was just about to ask, you know, you kind of as a nice segue. So the drivers who are in uh, the lower tiers, the truck series, I mean, is there anyone right now who looks like they could be 
progressing up to the upper tier potentially or i mean well so you have christopher bell um he's got a full-time ride right now um chase briscoe is another one he took over the 14 car so he's driving for uh Stuart haas um harrison burton is a is a rookie and he's actually a good name to to keep in mind now he does drive the 21 car of the wood brothers but um that's uh jeff burton's son Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yep. All right. Um, Jeff Burton used to drive the 31 singular car way back in the day. Remember when singular used to be around? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, singular. And then uh you know, um those are some 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 names from the uh the lower tier. Tyler Reddick, uh that was the guy who was driving the A car. He was from the lower tier. Um he's got a full-time ride this year. So I'm, I'm shocked to see what, what they do. Um, once again, going to a brand new car, you know, cause like usually last year, if you got called up, you know, the car is just a little bit tighter, a little bit heavier, and mm-hmm. it's going to take some time to get used to, but mm-hmm. now it's with it being a completely different car. Who knows? The, the learning curve just got steeper. I mean, and not just for the newbies, it got steeper for everybody even the veterans yep well i mean again it's going to make for some interesting times on the track as we and it just seems to be the theme that with the new Mm -hmm. car you don't know what the heck's going to happen um especially starting with daytona although like i said the, the the clash gave you a nice idea um so again it's early you know, as you said, it's kind of a crapshoot. But to start, who you think, um, I don't know, give me a couple names as who you think might be standing at the end, you know, with, with the with the with the cup. Who you who you think, who you like? Um, now that practice and qualifying is back, Cowbush mm-hmm. is the name that, that that comes that comes up because last year he struggled because he he is a driver that he's practiced and qualifying. And when he gets gets that data underneath his belt, you know, it's it's lights out. So um, he could be someone that, that's poised for it. Um, Got to go with the reigning champ, Kyle Larson. Okay. Uh, I would keep uh, Chase Elliott out there as well, too. Okay. And then getting middle of the pack, um, Kevin Harvick, Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin. Okay. Um, Hell, Joey Logano as well, too. I, okay. I hate to say it. I, I really don't <laughs> like him, but, you know. Well, isn't that the beauty of sports? Because especially when you, you as a younger man, I would just be like, you know, if I didn't like a team, I'd be like, you know what? I don't care if they're good. They suck. I can't stand them. Now I'm just like, look, mm-hmm. I got to give people their props. I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. the biggest insert team name here, but if they're mm-hmm. good, look, I give you props. You got yeah. to. Because yeah. what else can you do? You look like a fool if you don't, you know. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Um, let's see. How about um again, this might be harder to do uh rookie of the year, although although you know that's probably a little harder to call, possibly. Um rookie of the year, because there's not that many out there. Um I'm gonna go with Harrison Burton. Okay, all right. Just got the new ride. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool, cool. Um, let's see. I mean, that's really kind of what I wanted to go through, man. I mean, um, so what are we talking about? Sunday, December 20th. I'm sorry, it's February 20th. God, mm-hmm. December is my brain still in December? <laughs> Sunday, February 20th, <laughs> 2 30, Fox, day 2500 kicks off the uh 2022 NASCAR season. And you just got the full ride from our friend of the show, Drew, our NASCAR, senior NASCAR correspondent. Man, I appreciate you. You know I love having you on because, as always, you always give me one or 20 nuggets of things that I had no (laughs) clue were going on. Or I go, stop it. So thank you as always, man. It's it's always dope. And I appreciate being on, you know, whatever I can do. you know me since we first started doing this. I love NASCAR. Um, this is my this is my season. Like 
football season, once when it's done, I can really concentrate on NASCAR. This, mm-hmm. this really makes my Sundays just to be able to sit back and watch people make left turns all day. I know they like to, <laughs> like to make fun of that, but it looks like they're going a little bit more right this year. But a mm-hmm. um, couple racetracks to look out for. Auto Club Speedway, because that hasn't been back um, in like two years due to COVID. So definitely mm-hmm. pay attention to that one. That mm-hmm. is the race after uh, the Daytona 500. So the, the very Ooh. next race. Okay. Okay. At, Atlanta Motor Speedway. Let's take a look at that one. Okay. Um, they repaved the track. And, and didn't you say? Then did you say that that was one that that it was kind of messed up? And I think I said they should repave it. You're like, no, 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 don't do it. Mm-hmm. They repaved mm-hmm. it, huh? Mm-hmm. They repaved. It. Yep. So it, it got to the point to where, because um, like drive, you hear the driver say like. A, a freshly paved track doesn't have any character. And when you go through the motions and you have to manage tire wear and all that stuff, it really messes with, uh, it, it develops character, the, the track does. Mm-hmm. And um, it got to the point where it was ripping tires and shreds. And it's a racetrack that you really don't have to break during, going through the corner. It's like a baby Daytona. So <laughs> a lot of the drivers, if you're, if you came from a dirt, dirt track background, you will excel at that racetrack because you really like to slide and kind of like push the car to its limit. But um, with it being repaved, let's see how how that one how that one goes. Um, let's see here, Martinsville because of the because of the new car, uh, Bristol the dirt track because of, of of the new car. Darlington is another one to take a look at. That's always a very exciting race. But um, with that track being so narrow and these new cars being a little bit wider, I want to see how how that one goes. Um, let's see here. Michigan comes to mind because it's such a, a long racetrack. I want to mm-hmm. see how these engines hold up. I, I, I suspect some some blown engines there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, wow. although for me personally, Indianapolis is a very, uh, oh, no, it's a road course this year. Oh, never mind. Never mind. I didn't know that. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, I see that. Yeah, yeah, the Indianapolis Road Course. Okay, that's in the July. Okay, huh? Yep. Interesting. So, the, those are the couple racetracks to, to take a look at, um, and go from there. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um. So, so yeah, as you said, your Sundays get a little more enjoyable. So, I'm, I'm sorry, you know how football season went. So I had oh, to. Man. My heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I um. Uh, had to um <laughs> i enjoyed two weeks of uh so shout out to high school 510 podcast i listened to two weeks of them talking about football and so the first week was dj art angry about the cowboys losing then uh-huh. the next week he was rejoicing that the 49ers lost so, <laughs> so every yeah every cowboy fan was like you know as long as the 49ers don't go and my biggest thing was like i didn't want the Rams ago because it's two years in a row that the the team is playing at their home stadium. Yes. So I didn't I didn't want to see that, and I was like, okay, it's two LA teams and playing in LA, like, well, excuse me, two uh California teams, um, playing in, in in LA is like, come on now, what are we doing? So, um, I am rooting for Cincinnati. My mother in law is from Cincinnati, so she is okay. ecstatic. Um, our, we've changed our entire menu for Super Bowl. We know, we do a brisket every year, so that's definitely happening. But okay. we're going to include a chili bar because the Skyline Chili. All yes, that stuff. yes, yeah, yes, so yes. We're 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 going with, with old Joe Burr okay. <laughs> all day long. Um, the Rams, like I had Cooper Couple on, on my fantasy team, so you know is what it is. But just going with with my my mother in law's team. All right. So the menu sounds good. Now you know what I want to know, right? What's up? What are you drinking? So I'm doing a different twist on this brisket. So um, I normally have my usual dry rub, but um, when we we took a trip out to Ohio and we stopped in Kentucky at just like a, a total wine type place, and they actually had a uh, wood chips of uh, barrels of Angel's Envy. Oh. So what I'm thinking of is actually making a marinade out of my brisket rub and throwing a little bit of Angel's Envy in there and injecting the meat with it. Okay. And then okay. also smoking it with, with, with the wood chips and going from there. So I, it's, it's going to be a little bit of, of, of an experiment. I think it's going to come out phenomenal because uh, I, I really take my time with, with my briskets and, and go from there. Um, but as far as what a, 
what I, what am I drinking? Uh, we'll probably be drinking off that bottle, and um, we'll probably be uh, drinking some beers from Cincinnati, man. Okay, okay, that sounds good. I I, I like the Cincinnati theme, but as far as Angels Envy is concerned, you cannot go wrong. That is definitely uh, in in my if I think back on that's definitely a top five bourbon. That's really fantastic. So shockingly, I've never had it. So I just recently picked up the bottle and I had my wife try it. And she's like, oh, God. And I was like, well, here, let me give you a drop of water in there. Gave her a little drop of water. And she's like, oh, that is quite pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> well, add the ice cubes, let them melt a little bit. Now, what I tell you is soon as you can, maybe you might want to wait till the game, but go have some right now. It is, I mean, you will enjoy it tremendously yeah. it's yeah, very it's, good very good the, the little sample that, that i did it's it's great so um yeah man we're going to be uh turn up the brisket let it uh you know s- sit out for a little bit and i'll rub it up and, and inject it up and i never do injection as far as my, my briskets are, are concerned but i was like you know what let's do something a little bit different and go from there but uh yeah man it, it sucks that that is not the cowboys but you know we're going to the super bowl next year so it's all good yeah, there you go. So, and and you and you heard and you heard it here for folks. He said it, and from your mouth to God's ears. Let's try it. <laughs> one, one question for you, though. Yes, sir. How do you feel about 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 uh, commanding out here? You know what I mean. I'm sorry. Say again. How do you feel about commanding out here? You mean the new team name? Yes. <laughs> Boo! Tomato! 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 That's how I feel about it. That's the worst name ever it stinks i hate it i mean at least give give a logo you know what i mean like that that's kind of my thing um i i have a theory i think the team will move back to dc i think that would be a slightly terrible idea i mean i see the utility of it but i think that Considering the way the city has changed, have have you been near RFK recently? Mm-hmm. That whole area is a cluster, mm-hmm. and the work they would have to do to make that workable, plus tear down the stadium and do all the work over there, they would probably have to tear down several city blocks just to make that something. I just think that's a terrible idea, considering the city is already, you know, there's. A lot of gentrification going on. They're running out of space. I mean, they put Audi Field in Southwest, which yep. when they built it, I believe they said that was the last um, area that they could actually put something in in the city. Mm-hmm. So they just mm-hmm. were stuck out because that was after they built uh, Natchez Park. Yeah. But I think they're moving back to D.C. And plus, they got the federal stuff because Snyder was trying to talk to his boy Trump to get that to work, trying to you know, grease some palms to try to mm-hmm. get past Congress. That's federal land. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, with the, with the current political climate as it is, I think it would take some time for it to happen, but I don't think it's a good idea. I mean, my, the last I heard, they were trying to move to Loudoun County, which they got land for days out there. For days. Yeah. So, 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 so correct me if I'm wrong, because I think that they took the uh, historic historical landmark, uh, moniker off of RFK. I uh, I don't think so. I know it's federal land. I feel like they did not, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Because okay. you know, unfortunately, RFK is falling apart. And oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. If if they were to to knock down RFK and rebuild a stadium right there, you have a metro stop, right? Correct. You have the H Street trolley train which has been in the red since it's been built because mm-hmm. they've been banking on a stadium or a team coming back. And yes. I think that, you know, and for me, when that, that trolley first came up, I said, man, if they, they put the stadium right there, even as a Cowboy fan, I would go because I would start at Union Station, get on a trolley and drive, ride down A Street and just bar hop to pregame mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. go, mm-hmm. go to the stadium. And I, I, I just see so many opportunities for – um you know, dollars for the restaurants and stuff like that to really mm-hmm. grow and mm-hmm. especially for, for that, that side of town. Um, but that's me just throwing, throwing a dart at the wall. Hopefully it sticks. I don't know. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, definitely the, the economic aspect of it would be big. I totally agree with you on that. But the thing about D.C. over the last, I don't know, let's say 25 to 30 years is, OK, we're going to make all these widespread changes in the city to increase the economic impact to change the tax base. But at what cost? So we, mm-hmm. we call D.C. Chocolate City for a reason. Mm-hmm. Now. You know, we're seeing the effects of gentrification. So you can go to in part of the city, you see, okay, here are some row houses, but then a block over, you've got condos, you've got restaurants and bars at the bottom, you got Ann Taylor Loft, whatever the hell. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of start to see this divide that's growing in the city. And a lot of residents are starting to feel some kind of way, um, yeah. especially towards uh, uh, Mayor Bowser as you know, kind of her policies a lot of people aren't feeling very good about that and so mm-hmm. it, it's 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 a really nasty trade-off yeah mm-hmm. i hear you i hear you but uh i just think that it's very uh for the washington commanders that have the dc flag on their jersey and they're playing in maryland that it just yeah yeah it drives yeah. me up a wall yeah yeah i mean the the the, the well the spirit is there although we can say that for the last 20 years they've been a very different team i mean yeah. this is not this is not the team that i grew up watching yep i, I, I will agree. say that you know so. I, I agree and as as a cowboy fan it hurts it it did hurt me to my heart that y'all changed you know the name but of course i get the reason why and then snyder was just so hell-bent on not having the name and then we get the name that that we got now and i'm like man i guess my robbery is with the eagles now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That that'll probably be a better rivalry anyway, because it's actually a rivalry when the other team actually shows up to play football. So, you know, so there you but go. We'll see, man. But other than that, you know, wishing y'all well. I, I do like Heineke. I like to see him play. He he definitely th- throws the ball very well. ODU all day long. That's, that's my fellow monarch, man. Shout out to Taylor Heineke. Uh Hey man, if you're listening, come to the show. So we'll we'll talk we'll talk uh, we'll talk some ODU stuff and you know kind of get your story. But yeah, man, uh, he's he's. I mean, I watched him play in college, and when uh, Washington picked him up, I was like, y'all got a good quarterback because this boy oh, can yeah. play some football mm-hmm. without question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And but yeah, man, that's about it. All right, I appreciate you as always. Give them the uh, socials for. You, Libco, everything. Just give them the socials. It'll be in show notes, but give it to them. Okay. All right. So for me, uh, once again, Andrew Dill, I appreciate you all so much. Andrew Dill on Facebook. Um, Django underscore nerd on Twitter and Instagram. As far as the podcast goes, DNH podcast. That's for uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, if you got any questions, concerns, want to be a part of the show, got, you know, constructive criticism, beers to suggest or cigars to suggest. Uh, DNH podcast 2019 at gmail.com. Definitely shoot all, all the emails over that way. And then uh, as far as Liquid Intrusion Brewing Company, um, we're based out of Brandywine, Maryland. You know that there's less than 1% of uh, African-American representation in the craft beer sector. So we're trying to do our part to change that and help grow that number. Uh, if anybody knows me, uh, you know I'm a big fan of beer, especially it's, it's my background and all that stuff. Um, Libco 2021 on Twitter and Instagram. Liquid Intrusion Brewing Company on Facebook, um, TikTok, Libco 2021 as well. Um, and if you want to be a part of our sticker game that we got going on right now, head over to our website, www.libcobeer.com. Uh, we have everything on there, all the beers that we plan on um, presenting, uh, the about us, et cetera. Uh, but go into the contact section and sign up for our newsletter. Um, we're about to drop stickers. The stickers are going to be a very phenomenal gift to, to the masses right now. Um, is going to help us get us where, where, where we need to be. Um, if you purchase a sticker, you will get a uh, free complimentary gift in there. So um, it'll be definitely something you, you you won't be disappointed with. Okay. All right. Well, and, and you know what? That's where I got sidetracked today. I haven't signed up. I'm going to sign up this evening because I was intending to do it today. But, you know, okay. I, I actually had to work today. So, you know, I work from home and I said to do work. Imagine that. Um, darn. Yeah, darn work. Um, something else I was going to ask you. Uh, uh, 
damn this old age uh anyway um but man listen again thank you so very much um we'll definitely be talking to you soon because um i I definitely want to you know keep my eye on what's going on with nascar and i know we'll be we'll be texting back and forth and talking about what's going on but uh ladies and gentlemen there you have your nascar recap from 2021 your nascar preview 2022 and so this is where i leave you thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the sports wagon podcast and as you know as i always tell you wear your mask social distance get vaccinated drink your water and mind the business that pays you peace thank you for listening to the latest episode of the sports wagon podcast if you enjoyed the episode please subscribe rate review and tell a friend about the show You can also send me a voicemail or send me a message on Twitter or Instagram at It's Uncle Dub. That's I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. Also, please consider supporting the podcast at buymeacoffee.com backslash sportswagonpod. I really appreciate your support. Thank you.